Right. Right. Look how, like, I was just looking at, oh, no, you've got clutter too. That's good. Because yeah. I just, as soon as I sit down, I'm just like, everything's everywhere. Like, Same, I know, and all my everything notes everywhere that all I need. At once. And the stuff, sofa story. I know, stuff in my phone. <laughs> I'm getting more used to, as I get older, um, keeping notes in my phone instead of on pieces of paper oh. everywhere because it's, it's taken me a long time to change like that. Oh, I'm still a handwriter. Well, I was in court the other day and I was taking notes in shorthand and mm. then I noticed some youngsters near me and they were just typing straight into their laptops and I was yeah. thinking, oh, yeah, I should just convert to that now. But I love shorthand. Like it's my one professional skill and I just – I love it. It's so handy. My one professional no, like, skill. I think – you know, I always think journalism is that, you know, like you're never any good in a like disaster zone. Like you can't build things or, you know, yeah. make fire or do anything like that. But I'm like, I could do shorthand. <laughs> so I could take minutes of the meeting real fast <laughs> and in a way that no one else will be able to read it because my shorthand is so weird and now personalised that, you know. There you go. Yeah. Good. Anyway, okay. Right. A little bit of lipstick on your teeth, love. Because mm. oh, there's nothing um, worse than since we've started doing this podcast and recording it for uh, YouTube because <laughs> now everyone knows that I look like the robber's dog all the time. But you look lovely today, actually. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, these clothes were just lying on the floor, so I grabbed them. And... The floor drobe. Yeah, very good. <laughs> um, so uh, I am wearing my birthday skirt because I thought, seeing as we are now a visual medium, I can show chat as my birthday skirt true but you got to remember the vast bulk of people it's still not a visual medium for them okay <laughs> right we'll so. post a photo of the skirt but like <laughs> I, the skirt has such a nice story so as you may have heard i recently had a landmark birthday and my lady friends you among them did this fantastic present for me which was getting an artist uh Jackie Duncan is her name and she runs um, a business called littlecity.net.au, Little City, and she does illustrations of houses and buildings. And look, beautiful, this is my old house that um, sold last year, moved, and you can see the little well hello um, <laughs> doormat. doormat there. And I love this house. I mean, I love my new house, but this is where my kids, you know. It's spend. a real gingerbread looking house. It your, is a very gingerbread looking house. house. Yeah. And we also, like, all of our kids have been to, like, oh, lots yeah. of, you know, like I took chicken, a photo and, of chicken our, and chip nights. I took mm. a photo of the last supper at your house before you left because it was kind of, I think not just for you guys, but for, you know, your core group of friends because all of us have had our children as very small mm. children and had many nights where you know when they were all kind of under six or seven where it would just be pandemonium yeah. literally nobody Bedlam. else would yeah. tolerate you and so yeah it would just be everyone at your, one of our places often at your place and um just with 11 <laughs> children under six yeah. roaming around just like and because yeah. my house had this weird thing where it had um two staircases like four yeah. rooms along the top all in a row and then like staircases at the front and back so it's like a giant hamster run so yeah. kids would just go vroom, through the kitchen and then up the stairs and then, and then you'd hear around. them like romping along the top floor and yeah anyway it was I, I'm also very fond of um the front staircase at your house because on those nights when I just used to find it hell when all the children were small I would just go and sit at the top of your stairs <laughs> to get away from everybody and just sit there in silence and think how long can I get away with just being I just did not here? know that you were doing that oh all the time up near your bedroom 
Sorry, I'd just so messy. Be, I'd just be like, right, I'm just escaping. And uh, like, I remember I used to take any, because I just used to find the noise of all of the small, small children so full on. Any excuse I would have to escape, I would take. So there's another time I remember we were at my friend Nadina Mim's place and they'd offered to let us, it was a really hot day and they'd offered to let us use the pool in their apartment complex. Right. And so everyone came over there. Yeah. And it was just utter pandemonium. And oh, then it was I, re- I remember I remember this exact moment. Oh. I know what you're gonna say. And it was like <laughs> it was, you know, forty degrees or whatever, yeah. and there was a pizza shop down the road and over the road, and so it was like viewed as not a very pleasurable thing to firstly have to like schlep out in the heat and get the pizzas, but also just, you know, if you're gonna get the pizzas, yeah. it's your shout for the pizzas. And I was just like, I'll get the pizzas. I'm going I've to never go seen and someone get the jump pizzas. at the opportunity <laughs> to retrieve food faster than you. I was just and like, like I'm like, get I'm on me you. Away. I know <laughs> what you're doing <laughs> anyway um, um yeah so to finish my story about the um oh yeah sorry the skirt skirt yes um so because you know essentially because let's be realistic Gwen Blake was involved Gwen Blake she's like yeah 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 and no, I've commissioned this drawing of Crab's house yeah and then she's like yeah but how can I make it better oh and she's like what if we what if we printed it on fabric so Gwen Blake made she made an actual – she got fabric and printed with the house and then turned it into a skirt. Right, but, like, not only that, but also she got Natalia Rashidi, who is, like, a Newtown, you know, who you designer love. who I love and who constantly seems to make clothes that are, um, work on short-waisted people, which is, like, a revelation in my life because I there's not much going on here to here. Um, so now I've got this glorious skirt that – is my house. And it was, it was so funny when we knew that. I mean, I just could not believe Only Gwen Blake could, could execute something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just so dying to, for the day when we could give it to you to see your face. And there was much discussion about should we give her the actual drawing of the house first so that it's planted in her yeah, head yeah. so she recognised it immediately. And then, But Gwen was of the view it should be the other way around. And I was like, no, 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 she won't recognise it straight away. Anyway, it was this funny kind of back and forth about what we were going to do. Anyway, we were all so excited to give it to you. And her. it went um, it went picture first, which yeah. I loved. I mean, like I was yeah. fully happy. That with alone the, you would have thought was a great yeah. present, right? right? And then you're all going like, this <laughs> <laughs> kind of like <laughs> happening. And I unwrapped it. I'm just like, holy shit. It was just like <laughs> speaking fabulous. Of, speaking of gifting people things, I think I inadvertently on the weekend revealed Uh-oh. to you what I actually think about your level of competence and organisation. Ah, yes. So <laughs> it's just so unpleasant. Like, so can I so, set the scene? Yeah. So the scene is we've gone, Crab's had some people around at her place for lunch. She said to me, bring the boys around for a swim if you want because it was hot as hell. Speaking of which. And then and we were like five kids. I will forget this. If I don't oh, know my right kids' now. rashies. God, yep. they just, I knew they'd leave them at your place. Yep. Um, so she's had some people around. She says, bring the kids around late. And then we were going to another person's house at five o'clock just for a quick drop in cheese drinks kind yep. of scenario. So I go, no worries. So I reckon I shut up at your place about three o'clock or whatever. Yes. And everyone's clustered around the kitchen bench. They're in the dregs of their lunch. And there's a um, sardine riette that Crab's made sitting there. And it's it's really quite hot in the back of her house and there's a lot of flies in there. <laughs> and so and it's sitting out there for ages and there's some flies going in it constantly. <laughs> 
was delicious. It really was. It really was. I, mean, I really had one, one bit of it on a biscuit when I first got there and then I noticed the fly situation and the heat situation and I thought, nah, I can't eat any more of that. That, that is food poisoning waiting to happen. So <laughs> fast forward to... So we sit around and it sits out in the heat for kind of two hours and then fast forward to us then... Everyone was having a nice time, by the way. <laughs> we weren't just watching this sardine dip go to shit or anything. Like, I mean, there was conversation, there was other food. And so we then get in the car to go to our friend Nick and Lara's house and Crab's getting a ride with me and she gets in the car and she has a little basket with her and she goes, um, oh, I've got a few treats. And one of the things is a bowl of sardine riette, mm-hmm. which I take, I assume to be the same bowl that she's gathered up. <laughs> and so I'm looking at it just going... Wow, that is some next level, like, wow. Anyway, we get to her place. <laughs> just, Jesus. And so I take it. But she says nothing. <laughs> she pretends to be my friend through this entire interaction. <laughs> so I take it when we get there and then I put it on a kind of, like, slightly out of the way table. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And this, then, is a, this is a new detail to me. And that's the first thing I did when we get there. So then you're talking to our friend Nick and you're going, oh, here's a bottle of wine. Oh, I brought some delicious sardine riette. And, and Nick's going, Nick's, and she's like, I, I, I've got to put it out. And I'm like, no, it's fine. I've already put it out. And Nick goes, um, oh, really? What? So I've never um, never tried it. And so Crab's giving Nick like a blow-by-blow blow of what goes in it. And Nick's like, wow, this sounds really amazing. And he's asking lots of questions about, you know, what kind of sardines and stuff. And he's like, I'm going to track that down and get it. And I'm like poised to kind of intervene and like grab him which eventually I did mm-hmm. and that was when you d- you <laughs> what did you say to him like what exactly I'm like Nick <laughs> after you finished the conversation I just grabbed him and gone Nick can I just encourage you please don't go anywhere near that thing I've seen it it's been sitting on the counter in 40 degree heat for ages and there were flies all over it I'm told that what you said was mate give that dipper steer it's more fly than sunny <laughs> oh, that's right I did too <laughs> At this point, it's more fly than something. That's right, I did. And then you overheard me discussing it and then you've... No, Nick just came and said, uh, I've been briefed to, like, give this dip a wide berth. I'm like, what? Okay, so if you'd asked, I would have told you that I made a portion of sardine riette Very easy to make. (laughs) Block of Philadelphia cream cheese. (coughs) Can of high-quality sardines. God, you're the worst. Mash, mash, mash. Uh, Chives, dill, capers, you know, just to annoy you. Um, Mm -hmm. Lemon juice. Lovely. I put one portion out for the lunch, reserving the second portion (laughs) for taking around to Nick and Lara's later. And And when somebody brought the dip to me (laughs) in the closing stages of the lunch gathering and yep. just said, uh, I think this is just like, this has been it's invaded gone. by flies. I'm like, <laughs> fine. I said, oh, yeah. And I scraped it into the bin. <laughs> into the bin. <laughs> Not into a new bowl to take it around to someone else's house. I mean, Jesus, what kind of like... I know. It's, it's kind of disturbing to me in hindsight, the yeah. fact that I would think that you would do that. Mm. But... I just honestly did. But you would in the so moment. deeply accept that I would do that <laughs> that you wouldn't even raise it, and that like, I, exactly. you would like hundred percent. And then you would go 
to this gathering that I kindly took you to. You weren't really invited. And oh, then excuse you would, me, I was. You would grief against my dip. I know. Absolutely. Wow. And I'll Just say. like, Wow. <laughs> Oh, God. I love the fact that Nick also immediately sought you out to go, hey, word on the street is. <laughs> Can't anyway, God, I, I laughed, the I laughed so hard when you indignantly came marching up to me and you said, how dare you tell people that I've bought a fly infested dip? That was a fresh one that I got straight out of the fridge. Oh, God. Anyway. And just, then I sent you another angry text the next morning, oh, just like I just slept on it in a really stewed. <laughs> Just made me. I just found it so bloody hilarious, especially like Nick's enthusiasm for it. And I'm just like, brother, just no, you can't go anywhere near it. <laughs> wow. Now, um, I've had an exciting few weeks. I know you clangity, really have. Clang, yeah. clang, clang. I got Full to do clang. a thing with Lin Manuel Miranda. Did you? Oh, I did because I didn't. You know, uh, no. yeah, I know. Um, catch up with that. I was going to share just like a tiny bit of trivia about it. So if you right. want to watch it, clear the afternoon, people. <laughs> if you want to watch it, um, it's on ABC iView. It's called In the room lee sales with uh, lynn manuel miranda it's an hour-long conversation on stage in front of two thousand people and at some point at various points of the conversation sales briefly leaves the piano so that <laughs> lynn can have a little bit of a plinky plonk Thirty thousand people applied to come to that thing yeah. um so with the piano bit th- this will give you an indication of lynn manuel miranda and Firstly, what a nice, generous person he is, but also like how audience focused he is. So when we got there in the morning, we were on stage and we were walking through the blocking together. And I said to him, all right, this is the the vague structure. I said, but whatever you say, I'll just follow where you go. But in my head, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to talk about this. We'll talk about lyrics and language first. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, when we get towards the end of that discussion, I'll ask if you would be if you want like to move the piano and then I said you know are you open to doing that and he was like yeah sure we can do go the piano okay great and I said when we go over there I'm gonna what the song I'm gonna talk about is my shot and because he immediately said but you know I don't know how to play all of those songs right I'm like it's fine I said the song I'm gonna talk about I'll play uh, the song I'm gonna talk is my shot and I said for the benefit of people in the audience so they can follow our discussion really well I'm going to play, I'm going to break it into its four component parts. And so I'm going to play the chords and then I'm going to play the three different themes. So that, you know, I'm not throwing away my shot. And then that, whoa, 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 and then rise up. And so I said, once I've established those four separate things in people's head, then we can have a discussion about how they fit together. And even people that don't understand music should be able to follow it pretty well. I followed it really well and I'm an idiot. So I'm not an idiot. I just don't know a lot about music. Well played, lady. Thank you. Um, Thanks, Anissa. And so Lynn goes, that's clever. Yep, good. And so then when we're on stage, when we're in the discussion of the lyrics, as we're getting, you know, we're sort of five, ten minutes into it, he then goes out of nowhere you know, the song, if you take the song My Shot, for example, I worked on the lyrics for that for a year before I went anywhere near the piano on it. And so then, of course, I went, would you, would you mind if we went to the piano? And then I looked like a genius because I looked yeah. like just out of the blue. You're I able go, to play the song that he's just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. and I, so I go, so My Shot that you just mentioned, like, all right, that's got four parts to it. Yeah. And so you don't interview that many people. I think everybody people. in the audience climaxed at that point. I mean, like, <laughs> I know. You don't interview don't that know. many people who would give such a generous underarm bowl to the interviewer. Yeah, yeah. As, the, as, the, as the interviewer, I'm often giving, trying to give a generous underarm bowl to the interviewee, yeah. but it doesn't usually work in Not always, mate. both directions. So, yeah, I thought, what a lovely dude. Anyway, well, it's, Do you think, though, that right. that's his background in improv? Because, yeah, like... I do. And it's interesting that... Like that spirit of generosity, which is what makes 
really good improv troops work is all about, you know, understanding that if you set up beautiful opportunities for somebody else, you all end up looking great. Exactly. And there's a thing called accepting the offer in yeah. improv. So someone makes an offer and you you don't – what they call it blocking. You don't block. Mm. So if I go, would you like to move to the piano in, in improv, you're taught to go yes. Yes yeah. and. Yes and. Thing. Yeah. Yes and. So, um, yeah, so he was a really good dance partner in that sense. Yeah. And also, I mean, I don't – so I spent a fair bit of time in his proximity because we went to the Bluey Studios together on the Saturday. Um, also, you hid in his hotel room. I was yeah. in his, you just watched in his shower cubicle yeah. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then backstage and it. then there was a party on the Saturday night for the cast and stuff. And, I mean, I don't think that bloke for one second didn't have someone taking a photo of him, yeah. asking to have a photo with him. Yeah. And he was so gracious and even and didn't betray any sign of that that is draining or tiring and, mm. and you know it is draining and tiring he could not have been more adorable to everyone who came into his orbit and yeah I just thought there what was a this nice dude. point where he was dancing with the cast at that party and I got a bit carried away and went and danced with the cast a little bit and then just went sister <laughs> you're outclassed here <laughs> go and sit down but like um and they were just singing and dancing and he was in the middle of them and all these cast members who were peaking, as you can imagine, they had their phones out and he would just grab their phones and like, you yeah. know. So like all of them have got a little kind of little piece of him. Yeah. He was, Bluey was kind of similar as well. Yeah, and it was the thing too that just amazed me was so he'd got off the plane, this was a Saturday, he'd got off the plane from the US on Saturday morning and then just immediately went straight to meetings and the Bluey studio and then watched the show of Hamilton, came on stage, went to the party, went dancing with the cast, presumably went to bed, got up, came and did the thing with me. Like it was just and then did interviews all day. Just, I mean, the man is nonstop. (laughs) But I just thought, I mean, you know, I've watched a lot of your interviews but it was a miraculously great interview and it's because – he made good opportunities, but also like you were able to use all of your abilities in a really uninterrupted way. Like it just all fitted together well. And also I think you structured it really intelligently. And also the bit where you had Jason Arrow come on stage, I reckon nine out of 10 interviewers would have gone, you know, straight for like, oh, so how was it performing in front of Lin-Manuel? Isn't he amazing? Must have been really, you know, nerve-wracking to do it. But, like, you did something really emotionally intelligent with him where you made the discussion all about Jason. Yeah. And you could see, like... it kind of relieved my slight anxiety um, as an audience member about how that would go. I had thought a yeah. lot about that mm. because I just think it, it its kind of – it would be completely classless to pull somebody out who is yeah. an excellent performer in their own right and is smashing that role of Alexander yeah. Hamilton and then kind of act like – well, like it'd be like if I was pulled out on stage with Kerry O'Brien and I was asked like, wow, how does it feel to get to sit next to Kerry O'Brien? And, I've pitched that I mean, show to the ABC a hundred times. It must make you so nervous to know Kerry was watching your interviews. Like it just it is a very unfair thing to do. So I just made sure the questions were not framed in that kind yeah. of a, a way. Mind you, Kerry's interview with Lin-Manuel was a bit better. <laughs> a little bit better. Anyway, um, it was super fun. So you can watch that on Yeah, it's on iView. Yeah. And it's actually um, for our international chatters who are listening. It has been 
non-geo-blocked because... Um, not quite yet, but it's about to be. Yeah, so, so you'll be able to keep having a look, anywhere. but it's going to be available um, internationally, so cool. which is great. And that's, that is purely because Lin-Manuel's own father tweeted to say, this is the best interview with my son that I've ever seen. And so that then oh prompted a change in the contractual situation and now it's going to be available internationally. So I can't believe nice. it. It's like a fairy tale. And your show's on too at the moment. Oh, yeah, back in time for the corner shop. And, God, I'm... Getting a lot of love for that show. Like okay. lots of people watching it, which is great. Um, I think people from different generations watch it together and then have a chat. Like it's the only thing of mine that I make that my children like. Uh, <laughs> so, And the Thrones are just like off the charts, fabulous. Like they're so – they're very generous too, that family. Like the thing about them that makes them so good is that – and it's totally instinctive. Like they've never had any training but they also were like this from the very get-go because I remember when I first met them and I'm like, okay, like this is a two-camera shoot. There are five people that I'm interviewing at the same time with two cameras in a small room. Like you know how much of a nightmare that is. Mm. And particularly if you work with people who haven't been on television before, they just they don't have the sense of how to position themselves around cameras and how to like, yeah. Um, and I'm like, well, this is going to be – interesting <laughs> and it's going to be probably three weeks of just awkwardness before we find our rhythm from the first frame they were just so good at it and Isn't like it funny how some people are like that it's weird and like their strength is that they um because the whole idea of the show is you know to to sort of for people for viewers to understand what life was like in the in the minute detail in different eras and they show you what it feels like because it's on their faces like they are they react to everything and you can see what they're feeling just from what their you know what their faces are saying it's just yeah that's it's really great good. can i um sorry i'm not standing a bit pluggy mcplugsville but um just one thing i wanted to mention by the time this pod comes out it'll be on iview the australian story episode that's up next is about claudia carvin i can't wait this sounds it is i like... honestly think it's one of my favorites ever i mean like it's blowing me away every week like firstly i'm loving not being tied to the daily yeah. news cycle that's just so pleasurable but it blows me away every week when they send me the rough cut of australian story to have a look at because then i watch it and then i yeah. think about okay what do i want to say in the introduction yeah. to set this up and then i'm involved in like you know how are we promoting it and blah blah mm. and um every week when i watch it i'm just like God, that's so good. And sometimes the producers will go, oh, look, I'm not sure about this one. It's this or that. And every time when I watch, I just go, what are you talking about? It's absolutely brilliant. Like, I just the quality is so high. Yeah, well, but the Claudia one, oh, my God. So it's about, I mean, there's something about her, and I think this is why she's had such a successful career um, in Australian film and TV. Firstly, she's beautiful, but mm. I think more but than that. she's got the special sauce, hasn't she? She's got the special yeah. sauce, yeah. She's got – it's something to do with the openness of her face and, mm. her, and her spirit or something. And so she is very, very engaging. And she talks all about her childhood, which was quite – tumultuous her parents owned a nightclub it was a oh, very wow. her Claudia's ex-husband said you know she really had to be the grown-up herself from childhood okay and then she there's she's never really talked much about her father but her father died not long ago so she felt like she could finally talk about oh, him okay. a little bit and uh, he had some pretty severe mental illness and was pretty pretty hard going and then there's a sequence where she goes to visit her brother um, who lives in a, um, a kind of 
share home, I think. He has schizophrenia and um, she's like his primary carer, I'd, I'd describe her as. Um, mm. And it's incredibly touching. And it's just one of those stories that makes you, reminds you that life is a lot of things at exactly the same time where you yeah. can be Claudia Carvin and you have all this joy and success and beauty and all of that. And then in your life that's kind of invisible, you have some real stress and some really mm. kind of heart-rending moments. And then, but just through it all, the thread that holds the story together is just her completely adorable and winning personality and I frankly think she just needs to be my best friend now oh yeah okay (laughs) it's one of those ones where you just like I just love her she's just absolutely outside your house right now yeah um hey now funnily enough you know how um, we often talk about how the universe throws you into things and all of a sudden you're doing like it's similar books or similar things yeah so I've not been listening to podcasts for the longest time and suddenly now I'm back on a podcast thing. right so Good. I'll just rattle through a few of them quickly because I won't I won't bog down into any of them so there's four I just wanted to mention one was a podcast called empowering leaders and it was our friend Dr Chris Brown was on it ah so you and I caught up with him recently and he said to me, um, Sales, you should have a listen to this pod. I think they do a really good job. It's very interesting. It's about kind of leadership. He knows I love coaching and sports coaches and stuff. He's like, it's about coaching. It's about leadership. It's about all that kind of gear. I think you'd enjoy it. And so I immediately, I said, show me where it is on the phone. And he showed it. And so I've immediately gone, oh, there's you. You're on it. I'll download that. And he's gone, oh, accept that one, not that one. But anyway, that is the one that I listened to. Fun um, fact about Dr. Chris Brown is that he is exactly as nice as you think oh totally yeah. he's adorable I love him mm. um and so his it was absolutely fantastic really really interesting and so he talked Chris just talks about you know how he behaves on set how he behaves as a vet like you know his his view about the way to move through life kind of thing what he finds challenging and so it's a really fantastic oh, okay. engaging interesting discussion and there's all sorts of people who've been interviewed on this pod so empowering leaders it's called and who does it oh god i feel bad i forget the name of the guy now but um he is someone it's who's a good well sign known. of a good interviewer if you can't remember their name absolutely that, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly i forget the name of the person who does this one too and which i think for the same reason um it's quite a famous podcast called the imperfect oh yes i've heard of that mm. yep um i was listening to the episode of chrissy swan on oh, there oh yeah also a very, very interesting discussion and the focus of that is basically on her deciding to make some big changes in her life and she's very – It's I love it when you hear someone talk really honestly about things that – where it seems like they're not worried like what anyone might think of them. Yeah, so right. she's talking about – she reached a position where she decided – there was things about parenting she hated and the number one one was making school lunches right, okay. and she hated going to children's sport and stuff like that. Yeah. And so she gathered the kids together and she said, kids, some things are changing. I'm not making your lunches anymore. And she did a school lunch order. She said, cost me 700 bucks for the term, but I'm so much happier because I'm, that's how we're doing it now. Wow. House. Okay. Our kids, we don't, our family doesn't like going to sport on the weekend. We like driving around Melbourne and finding the best dumpling place. And that's what we do. And then she was talking about how, People always talk about how work's not who I am, it's what I do. And she said, I feel offended by that a bit because work is more to me than than what I do. Like Mm. I think it is a big part of who I am. And that really resonated with me because I often hear people say things like, Oh, nobody on the deathbed ever thinks about they wish they'd spent more time at work. And I always think like, actually (laughs) I think on my deathbed I'm gonna think, geez, what a lucky, fantastic part of my life, my job was because yeah. I got to do so yeah. many amazing and interesting things. Hard so to agree. Chrissy Swan on The Imperfects, highly recommend. 
the witch trials of J.K. Rowling, which Have is you finished with that that yet? No, is they only your, drop I, one episode oh, out every right. week. Okay, I haven't actually cracked into it yet, but I'm going to. I highly recommend it. It's by Megan Phelps Roper, who wrote a book called Unfollow. She was the woman who is a you know like born again Christian kind of oh, upbringing, okay. and through her friendships on Twitter, she kind of got out of it and and sort of left the culty kind of mm. vibe behind. So mm. she's done it. The centerpiece is this big long interview with J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Now. What I'm really liking about it is it's putting so much context around, um, I guess the, the centrepiece of it is the furor that's erupted around J.K. Rowling's tweets and commentary on the intersection between trans rights and women's rights. Mm-hmm. So the first, I think I've listened to four episodes and they might be up to like five now. The first ones unpack well, who is she and the phenomenon of Harry Potter, stuff yeah. I'd forgotten about Harry Potter actually that when it first came out in the 90s, there was a big cancel culture around Harry Potter, not that it was called that at the time. Oh, because it was satanic or something. Yeah, there, from right? the religious, right. from the right, yeah. from the right. Yeah. Anyway, so it's set up all of this stuff and it's, it's explained really well also her her uh, background in domestic violence, her um, human rights work around women's rights, children's rights, stuff mm. like this. And so she explains and unpacks in great detail her views around her concerns around women's rights and, and so why she's said what she said. The one thing that I'm waiting for, and I'm hoping that we're going to get to it, is I really hope that we're going to get the same deep dive on the history of trans rights mm-hmm. because yeah. what I'm liking about the pod is that unlike the way so many debates evolve in public life, they're, they're actually giving context and nuance and depth mm. The episode they've got to now is the reaction to the series of tweets that she put out on this issue. Right, yeah. But what they're doing is when they're showing the reaction, and there was plenty of this reaction, they're reaching for the absolute extremes of it. So they're reaching for the um, you can suck my big fat dick, you're transphobe, you know, blah, 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 blah. But what we're yet to have is somebody do an interview in the same manner that J.K. Rowling's doing an interview to, to explain, explain yeah, right. here's my reasoned view. Okay, she says these tweets um, represent her views for the following reasons. Mm. I believe they're transphobic. Here are my views based on reason and logic as mm. to why I consider that to be the case. Right. But they haven't done that yet. And so I feel kind of like I'll be – if I've invested all this time and I get to the end and it turns out I'll be pissed. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like it started with a lot of promise that we're going to get the full – like a full 360 treatment of this mm. issue. Mm-hmm. And so far – We've gotten a really good 180, and so now I'm waiting for the other part of the 180. So, I mean, are you starting to get suspicious that it's kind of essentially a defence job on on JK Rowling yeah, and nothing I, else? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, I'm I'm what I'm hoping for is like you know, like when John Ronson or Louis mm, Theroux do yeah. an issue and they really roll it around yeah. in their hands, and so you get a whole lot of nuance and complexity, and then you can kind of form your own view at the end as to what you think. Uh, the thing that appeals to me about this pod and why I started listening to it is because there's been so much, I think a lot of the row around JK Rowling is based on people being told, you know, here's what she said rather than actually themselves going to the primary material. And, right. you know, you and I have discussed this before. There's a lot of secondary outrage about 
not just that, but so many issues. And so I was like, awesome, here we're going to some primary source people and, and she's actually having to explain it. And now we're going to get hopefully the other end. And mm. so now I'm getting like, oh, don't tell me I'm going to like invest all of this and then I'm not going to get a good deep dive. Because John Ronson actually, I forget the name of the pod, but he did things a really good apart. pod on the, Things Fell Apart. On the Satanism thing? No, no on – um, well, he did do a good yeah. one on Satanism. The, but he that did, whole series is a tr- – yeah, Things Fell Apart by John Ronson. A, so I could just listen to his voice all day. Um, although you find it a bit annoying, don't you? Or no, somebody, no, like it's talking to somebody who said, oh, I just don't like that accent. I'm like, oh, it's on my the, clothes fall off. I'm it's like, on the I origin, love that accent. That pod's on the origins of culture war issues. And yeah. so one of them actually is about trans rights and the origins of the term turf. And why right. it's been eventually now it's used as a as a, it's been weaponized yeah. against yeah. Um, feminists, but what with what that wasn't what it was originally, and so he oh, goes right. back and looks I at. I remember listening to that. App. Maybe I missed it. Oh, it's very very okay. good. So I'm oh. hoping that this is going to sort of take like some of what he's done there and then pull it right, together. Okay. But anyway, we'll oh, see. Oh, well, keep me informed. Last and quick thing, and if then it I'll... doesn't, then I'll. Boycott it in protest. <laughs> Let's do quick. some angry tweets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me do the, the heavy lifting for you. I'll let you know. Last That's quick good. one is um, Nikki Gemmell on Mia Friedman's podcast, No Filter. Oh, okay. Yeah. You mentioned this to me the other day. I haven't listened to it yet. Just briefly. So Nikki, Nikki Gemmell wrote a column that got a lot of attention where she basically said she's 56 and she said she feels like she's done with being a sexual person. She's not, she doesn't feel attractive. She's not interested in sex. That part of her life's over. And then she kind of unpacks it in more detail in this interview with Mia. Mm. I, I love Nikki Gamble. I like her writing. She's very – she's a good guest for no filter because she doesn't have much filter. Yeah. She just tells it like it yeah. is. And uh, I found it a very interesting discussion. Right. And so obviously the first thing I always think of these things is, you know, and actually with lots of Nikki's stuff actually, like including that like famous book that she wrote that started off being anonymous. And then, yeah, The Bride Strip Bear. That's right, yeah. Oh, my God. Is that – was that the like – like patient zero of the strip bear books, like you know. Yes, it was. So now, because yeah, yeah. you know, we've gone through this whole like twenty years of things being called the strip bear yeah. and the barefoot and the you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think even strip bear, I think that might have come from a piece of art oh. originally. Oh. Ow. Ow. Ow! Can someone look up the origins of strip bear please, for us get on in, the, in the title yeah, of an artwork know. or a yes. book? And just please <laughs> write to us, care of your capital city. <laughs> <laughs> um. Are you winding me up because we're nearly at half an hour? Yeah, but I feel like yeah. I just chatted on age for ages. You did, so I feel really? like you need to get you at did. least one thing in before we yeah. wrap it up. Um, well, I'm just trying to work out what to choose. Or we can, or we can just wrap it up. <laughs> no, I've got. So- I had something else that I need to say. Um, uh, while I'm thinking, don't forget we've got the Enmore show. We've got two shows coming yes. up soon. We've got May the seventeenth in Brisbane. Which is just after your 50th birthday, isn't it? It is, yeah. a week later, yep, um, at, at QPAC. Yep, and that is going to be awesome. And then... I always love the Brisbane show. I know, yeah. I feel a lot yeah. of the home crowd love in of Brisbane. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, and then June the... Sorry, God, I've got the dates wrong. Honestly, I can't be trusted. May the 19th. May the 19th in, in Brisbane. In Brisbane. Oh, okay. Right. And then the... Um, Enmore show in Sydney is June the 17th and you know the exciting news about that show is that we have um, the most fantastic guest. I mean we are so lucky. I can't believe that like so we were talking over Christmas about like oh we're going to do in the um, Enmore show and sales because she's a megalomaniac is just like we should get Kirk over. We should get Kirk from Strong Songs (laughs) and we're like got this full rush of blood and then because, say, I'm a ditherer, right, like so we'll have a conversation and I'll think, yeah, we'll talk about that again. But then sales is just like, 
email sent. So yes. she's just emailed Kirk and said, we'd like to invite you to come over and join our show in Sydney and, you know, we'll bring you and your partner over and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, we're sometimes, doing this. Sometimes I wonder what Kirk must think that, because, you know, as we know, he's just like living his life making the Strong Song podcast and then suddenly he gets like a rush of Australian followers and so he's like, well, what's going on? Then he discovers that me and you <laughs> bang, well, me mostly, bang yeah, on yeah. about him all the time. And then so then he and I start kind of chatting on like private message on social media and then next thing he knows, you're hassling him to do a thing for a live show, which yeah, he does. Which he does so beautifully. And then yeah. he now gets this thing. I just sometimes wonder if he, if, he, if he ever fears that he's actually being involved in some kind of elaborate scam, gaslight kind right. of situation. Because then he gets an email from me to go, we'd really like to buy you and your partner a flight and you could come to Australia and have a holiday and do our show. I just sometimes think that he must think, yeah, he's going to arrive and I'm going to get off that yeah. plane and be kidnapped and yeah. taken off for yeah, have wake my up body without a kid harvested. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> anyway, I literally, I am so excited about, and so he replied and said, oh my God, like, um, okay. <laughs> and so I am so excited about him coming. I texted Crab this week and I was like, I'm so excited. I want to be at the airport when Kirk comes out of the thing and I hate going to pick people up at the airport. <laughs> I know. Greater love hath no, you know, airport dodging friend than I would actually pick you up. From I the think airport. we should go and get Kirk from the airport. Oh my God, we I should do that. A, I think it'd be an absolute hoot. It would be a very high. Hey, speaking of emotional highs, I I put this story in the in the Facebook group and I think it went in the newsletter as well. By the way, like we do a fantastic newsletter that Miranda Murphy writes. It's brilliant. And if you're not on it, just go to the website and sign up because it's got like highlights from the group. It's got It is honestly so it's good. So funny. She She's one genius. of the world's funniest writers. Oh, it's anyway, really good. And we're just, you know, I love her. Lucky to have her. Um but anyway, so I went to um, this International Women's Day thing to do a talk. It was in Melbourne. And I had to get out of there because I had a meeting at the ABC like around the corner um, at two and it was like getting close to I've got to run and there was a line of you know mainly chatters let's face it um, who were kind of waiting to say hi and do a selfie and whatever so I'm like splashing through those saying hello 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 and then at the very end there's this guy um, young guy and he says oh you know would you mind if we had a photo I'm like absolutely and so so we're chatting and he says oh look we've um We've met before, actually, and I'm like, oh, have we? Like, and he says, yeah, um, yeah. A few years back, I came to your show in um, in Melbourne, and I lined up for ages, and I said hello to you in sales, and I just because I wanted to let you know that um, I I have autism, and I listen to your um, podcast to model friendship, and he didn't even get that sentence out, <laughs> and I was just like. <gasps> That's you because we've <laughs> talked about that guy so All many times time. and like both of us were just floored on that night because oh. he was just so thoughtful and generous and, you know, he didn't want anything just to say, He'd, you know, He'd waited so long yeah, as well. About that. an hour at least. It was, and, yeah. And we were just like, I mean, we both really just ovulated on the spot, I believe. <laughs> like we're just like, oh. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, it was like finding a treasure, that you was, know. That was and, amazing. And, oh, God. Anyway, so I went can I give you a giant hug? He's like, please. And so I'm like, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then I'm like, we just talk about you. We're always wondering like how yeah. you are. And he's like, I'm great. Like he said, I'm super happy. I've got this amazing job and I've got like meaningful friendships. And I was uh, just like, Oh God. It was that. I mean, we get a lot of 
people saying lovely things to us and, and, you know, coming up and or sending us nice letters and all sorts of things. But I reckon that him coming up at that original show is probably the single most meaningful fan encounter I've ever had yeah. with somebody. Because, and I, you know, you and I have said before, like, I feel like we would do the podcast for that one person. So, oh, God, it's going to make me cry. Well, <laughs> it is. I just, like, I was, it was. It was amazing. It was so, like, when it came up, I don't know, it was just so, like, it was just so touching to think just our general idiocy is actually helpful. <laughs> well, Jeremy said to me um, when I told him the oh, sorry, story. Sorry, Anissa, we're not idiots. It's no, not general right. idiocy. <laughs> when I told Jeremy the story, he's like, because, you know, I'm like, isn't this beautiful? And he's like, is it wise for him to be modelling his behaviour on you? <laughs> like, I did think that at the time yeah, too. I was worried he was going around calling people slag You're teaching this faces. young man how to be a monster. Like you're a monster. You're monsters and you're spreading your monsterdom. Oh and I was like, thank you for your support as we probably, ever. Actually, um, can, can some of those that guy's friends get in touch and let us know how he is? <laughs> he's good. I'm in is touch he, with him now. But is he – I want to know, Zach, though, what's, he, what, yeah. what's his friendship style? Is he is he too insulting? <laughs> Does he insult people's dips and accuse them of being more fly than sardine? That's what I want to know. Is it, is oh, it that I could not love him more. And then um, I asked his permission to tell that story in the group, which he gave shyly. And I just, because I thought the chatters need to hear about the resolution to this story, because I think we wrote about him in our book. Wow. And so I posted the story with the picture of us. And like on the day that it happened, you were having a super rough day. <laughs> and so I thought, I'm going to wait until the end of the day and then I'm going to send you this picture. Oh, I couldn't believe it. And it's going to like totally turn <laughs> your did. day around. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I could not believe it. It was just like, oh my God. And the fact that like he was super happy. and Oh, oh God, he was, was so it was, up. It was just like. It was so nice. It was up. Well, I think we should end this episode on that note because then everyone else will just walk away feeling happy. Exactly. Good. Here's to you, Zachary. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.